Yo, welcome back to the Winner's Paradigm Podcast. Today we got my man Mikael Thrupp here on the podcast. Mikael has an amazing story. We talk about really working through what holds us back, not being labeled as it, and moving on. Uh, Mikael has also traveled the world the past 26 years, so it's been awesome really talking to him about the cultural differences and really what he finds out to be as people, which allows him to be able to work better with uh, business owners and moving their companies internationally and really figuring out, hey, how do we restructure this? How do we figure out how to get this thing moving? Uh, He works with high income individuals. So it was awesome to be able to hear kind of the psychology behind it. But you guys are definitely going to love this one. Sure, why they act like tools can't win at the same time. Sporting yourselves and scaling your business with me and mine. When the kitchen got hot, we kept it moving. There's always room for improvement. You got the juice, you gotta prove it. Don't talk about it, just do it. That's what we like to call out for influence. What is happening, y'all? It's Lundis. This is the Winner's Paradigm. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. I haven't jumped on here in a very long time, and I've been just grinding at the Winner's Paradigm, you know, and figuring out, hey, what's the direction we're going? What are we tapping into? How are we going to help people? What kind of things are we unpacking and showing people, hey, what peace looks like when you finally are able to get through years of trauma, frustration, pain being built up? So in order for us to keep this message going, I need you to drop a five-star review and a rating and let me know how this show's helped you so we can keep the shit going. Now, the second thing I want to say is um, go to myfitlife.net if you use the code Uh, TWP20, you get 20% off all products. These are the products I'm using as well. So I don't promote something unless I'm using it. Last thing I just want to say is uh, do fucking you. Do what fulfills you. Do what makes you happy. Do what's going to allow you to be able to get to that next level, to hit whatever it is, to be able to get over that goal. Because you may not be where you're at right now. um, And excuse me, you may not be where you want to be right now. But when you look at it in a nutshell, you're one day closer to where you want to be if you're putting that work in. I know it's sometimes we want to beat ourselves up. I do the same thing, you know, where I'm working on the business, working on the podcast. And it's like, man, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm getting there. It's a journey. So give yourself some fucking grace. Pat yourself on the back and tune into the Winner's Paradigm podcast. If you really want to fucking win, let's get it. Yeah. Mikael, thank you so much for coming on the Winner's Paradigm podcast, brother. It was a tremendous honor learning about you, number one, when your team contacted me to get you on the show. But number two, let's start with uh, who you are, what you're passionate about today first, brother. Yeah, absolutely. And very happy to be here and, and talk to your audience and hopefully inspire you guys and uh, educate you a little bit about the work that I do. So for my story, I have to go quite back in time, but I'll try to make it as concise as possible. So um, what happened was uh, when I was a child, I was di- diagnosed with a learning disability. Um, teacher pulled me out of class one day, sat me down in a little room. There was the principal, a vice principal, maybe a resource teacher there. And they said, uh, Mikkel, something doesn't work quite right in your brain. And what we want to do is send you to a special school, special school for special boys. So that's what they did. Every day for three years, I got on a little white bus, took a little white bus across town, and I went to this quote unquote special school. Well, the problem was it actually wasn't a special school. It was a regular school with a special class. So you can probably imagine what happened. I got in tons of fights. I got picked on. I got bullied. It 
was all around a pretty crummy experience. Now, this is no woe is me, poor Mikkel, poor Mikkel story. I don't go in for any of that victim mentality. I absolutely hate this type of um, this idea, but um, but it was a, a, a pretty crummy experience. Um, after my three years, I got to go back to my neighborhood school and I thought this is going to be amazing. You know, my friends will have missed me so much. They're going to be looking forward to seeing me. And then once again, you can probably imagine what happened. Everybody started gossiping and whispering and, oh, I remember Mikkel, he went to some retard school. Thanks, guys. Very politically correct. Kids are very sensitive, you know. But uh, it just left a really bad taste in my mouth for for public education. So I stopped going. And then when I stopped going, I started failing. And then they'd put me in summer school and then I'd fail that. Um, long story short, uh, I stopped going to school when I was 12 years old. And I officially dropped out when I was 15. And after I dropped out, I, um, I started traveling. I was working, save up a bit of money, and I started traveling. And I went overseas. And, you know, when I got overseas, I started to meet all these incredible human beings who were doing things so different than I had ever seen in Southwestern Ontario in Canada, where I'm from. And I really felt like I had met my people. These were my peeps. And I decided at that age that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to dedicate my life to exploring the world and, and try to understand things. And that's what I've done. Um, for the last 23 years straight, I have been traveling around the globe. I've, I've circumnavigated the globe over 400 times. I've visited 110 countries. I've lived in nine different countries. And I'm completely self-taught. I'm an autodidact. I've read a ridiculous amount of books. I have spent my time learning from people who have done real things in the world, not just uh, at university in theoretical. You know, I, I test out things. I'm a guinea pig. And my business is helping people do the same thing, to move overseas. And then we deal with their taxes and their immigration and their investment and all these things. But um, yeah, covered kind of a lot there and it can kind of go in whatever direction you like. But uh, that's just a bit about me and, and kind of where I came from, I guess. Awesome story, brother. And that definitely resonates with me. Um, just on the the part where you know, hearing everything else from these other kids. And like you said, you know, they they say politically correct things. Uh, and that's something that sticks with you. Because I remember doing the same thing. Uh, I transferred schools. I failed the entrance exam for math. So they put me in a class where uh, it was basic algebra. And I, I already went through all that. So it was funny doing it because, again, it's me and I'm getting in trouble. And and uh, I'm the class clown because I could not focus. My ADHD kicks in and then I'm just bouncing off the walls. And even in college, I was like that. So I had to force myself to just be quiet because it was something that was hard for me. But um, I, I got in that class and then they figure out that I'm actually smart. And they're like, wait a minute, you're actually smart. You actually know what you're doing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is easy. And they're like, explain it. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Like, I can just do the work, but I can't explain it to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I went for like the, the state testing. I failed that again. Uh, because I just bubble everything in. There's no way I could be able to concentrate on this two, three, four hour test. And yeah, so I got put in a class where uh, was with, with some of my other friends in there, again, messing around and just being a goofball and realized that I kept getting myself in these situations uh, to where it was like I was repeating things, doing it. Uh, I'm being labeled a certain way, going to college, fell that entrance exam, uh, take pre-algebra, algebra one, two. And I'm like, man, I shouldn't be taking this. I've already took this before. But it was something where it was like being labeled in that and then other people figuring out, you know, saying things. So I definitely love when you were touching on that because that was something for me. Uh, I was a little fat kid back then 
when I was younger. So I was always letting everybody else's opinion um, and what they thought of me to be about me versus, you know, now where it's looking at it as is and saying, hey, you know, I am me for these reasons. Um, as of lately, you know, I've been tapping into the emotional factors there, brother, and just really talking about, hey, you know, what was I feeling through that? Because that led me uh, down a string, you know, where I also um, abusive, alcoholic parents, narcissistic. So anything I said, you know, they flipped against me. So it caught me to really suppress all those emotions. And then I ended up drinking, brother. So for you, when you were uh, processing this, as you got older, you start traveling and so forth. What were some of the emotions that you had to process, had to learn to really forgive yourself uh, so you didn't really think about what these other people told you in the past? So it's interesting because one of the main things that I had noticed when I first started traveling was that I could really recreate myself. So I, I left when I was 16, 17 years old. So no one who I met when I went over to Europe or to South America or anything like this, they had no idea that I was dyslexic and I had this learning disability and I went to a special school and had all of these types of problems. There was none of that baggage or that history. So I think that when I was able to go overseas, I could I could deal with these things a lot faster because I didn't I was not constantly reminded of the stuff, you know? It wasn't like I didn't see it in everyone else's face when they were dealing with me. And I, I did go through many years of thinking that they're right and there is something wrong with my brain. You know, it, we really know now in today's day and age that dyslexia is not a big deal whatsoever. Uh, lots of people have it. And, you know, there's just different styles for learning these types of things. I know that I process audio content really, really well and can learn fantastic from audio. But with a lot of the um, reading, especially when I was young, was very challenging for me. You know, hence now why I have my own podcast. We've been going at Expat Money Show for going on seven years now. And it's been fantastic. We've interviewed tons of amazing people on there. And that's a medium that I'm able to learn through. But as for the emotional side, definitely, I had a lot of baggage when I was younger, thinking that there was something wrong with me, and then trying to work through that. And, you know, as you had said, forgive yourself, because it's not your fault. I mean, I didn't choose for anything like this to happen. I didn't choose to be put in that type of situation. And, um, also, the choices that I did make, I am actually very proud of them today. Like, I tell my story first and foremost. Well, I guess there's a couple of reasons. One of the main reasons I say it is because um, because I work in the legal and and taxation and immigration types of fields. I don't want people to ever think that I'm a lawyer or I'm portraying myself as a lawyer. You know, misrepresenting my background or who I am. No, my experience comes from doing it myself, from working with lawyers, from JVing and having mentors and reading books by real people who've done real things. Uh, second of all, I never want it to come out in the future where I've misrepresented myself and then people like can use it against me. So I would rather have this as like a badge of honor. Listen, I dropped out of school when I was 12 years old. This is what I went through. I knew at the time it was wrong. Like I knew public education for me was wrong. It was a horrible experience for me. And I had the courage to stand up and say that it was wrong. Could I articulate it? Could I explain it? Could I go through it? No, I couldn't. I didn't know what was going to happen to me at that time. But what I did know is that it did not work for me and then put my hand up and say enough. So for those reasons, I'm very, very proud of what I did at that age. And now I, I want to tell people my story because, I mean, just to be very frank, I mean, we're very well to do. I mean, I'm a multimillionaire. I built a successful business. I have 
done all of this without public education, without going to university, when people told me I couldn't do it. And it was like, screw you, I'll do it anyways. Like, so do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Like it all kind of piles on to one another. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And I think it starts with you. Uh, number one is you're authentically you. Um, and that's something I've been processing as well, um, was kind of that community aspect. I got around some great people uh, in podcasting. They're making the money in business. You know, they're fulfilled in their life, quote unquote, as they say. Um, but it was something for me to realize that the triggers, the projections, whatever. Uh, one thing you kind of touched up on right there, you know, at the end was, you've already done that. You've got to that point. Well, for some people, they're still always going to prove people wrong. And that was something for me that I had to let go. But I realized that the people I had around me uh, was that's their biggest thing that pushes them is, oh, this or that, you know, and for me, it's not, you know, for me, it's talking to that younger man um, and saying, hey, man, it's okay that you fucked up. It's okay that you drink too much, you ruined your relationships, you went through this, your friends died, you didn't forgive yourself. Uh, you still were upset, you wanted to fight all the time. Like, all that was stemming from something that I had to be able to solve. So I love that you really touched up on that because that's something that resonates with me deeply, brother, is uh, we have to be able to put that work into ourselves in order to be able to realize it. So I know you also mentioned traveling as well um, in, in really going around the globe. So when you went around these other cultures and you realized that, hey, you know, maybe we are a little bit more common than other people or uh, all these things, like you said, you know, what you were labeled as, as back home did not matter when you're around these new cultures, you know, how did that also influence you to be able to see the world in a different lens? So you're able to speak to your audience and say, hey, you know, I've been all these places. And let me tell you, you know, like you said, uh, all those things that we believe or we feed into from other people, like it doesn't exist in other parts, because that's not everybody's angle. Yeah, I mean, some of the main insights that I've had while traveling around the world is, is first and foremost that people are the same. Like we really, really are the same. And I mean, I've traveled to Iran and North Korea. I drove across Africa. I was in El Salvador 20 some odd years ago when I was just coming off civil war. And I was, I've been to lots of places that were just very, very different than anything that you grew up with in North America or was ever exposed to. But I can tell you quintessentially, people are good. People are very good. We want the same things. We want a roof of our head, over our heads, a full belly. We want to protect our family and we want to be loved. I mean, it doesn't matter. Black, white, tall, short, gay, straight, doesn't matter whatsoever. And actually you start to not look at a lot of the differences. I really find that what's happening in the world today is there's more divisions going up. It's all about how you can have this victim mentality and this happened to this person. And so therefore I'm different. And that's, you know, there's all these separations for people. I can tell you when you start traveling, you see more similarities than you do differences in everywhere you go. Um, and like when I say I've been traveling, I don't mean I've been on, you know, all-inclusive resorts going there for 23 years. I mean, I'm talking about months on and traveling, uh, you know, dealing with situations and local languages with the local people, not, um, you know, I when I first started traveling, I had no money. I mean, I was doing it backpacker style. I took 18 months and hitchhiked through Central and South America. And you just get exposed to all of these different situations that teach you lessons that you're just never going to get um, from back home. Or you get them, but they're very, very slow. Like you, these are like highly condensed lessons in your life, like passion and, com um, or sorry, compassion and patience and these types of things. So um, 
I don't think that there is any way to separate like Mikkel and travel. Like, what would your life be like if you didn't travel? Like, that is who I am because I left at 16, 17 years old and I'll be 40 very soon. Um, that's the the bulk of my life has been living this type of thing. So it's it's very hard to to try to imagine what my life would be without this. I like that a lot, you know, that you mentioned that because it definitely molded you into who you are and it shows by the work that you do as well. So let's jump onto that as well on your business side where you were talking about moving people's businesses if they wanted to take it internationally, you know, go somewhere else. What kind of processes are there there? Uh, are there specific countries you guys like to be able to recommend to them and say, hey, or is it kind of just you're the guide to them on their journey and show them all the steps that they need to be able to take care of? Well, it's it's both, to be honest with you. Um, I am I am the guide. As I said, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a service provider. I don't fill out the paperwork. What I do is try to um, answer any questions um, and then be there and help them through the process. I'm a coach or a consultant, you could say. Um, and I want to give them the courage to do the things that they want to do in their life and the permission and and be there to support them through all of it. Uh, traditionally, I work with high net worth individuals, so my sweet spot is kind of that two to ten million dollar net worth range. And what we're dealing with are the tax op uh, tax obligations of leaving your home country, so Canada, the states. Most most of my clients are from U.S. and Canada. We have some Europeans, but let's say the the majority are North Americans. Uh, then the tax obligations of the country that you're entering into, we restructure the businesses um, offshore, so the tax obligations in that country. And then um, any of the immigration or the real estate or other types of investments. So it's really about moving the person, like their physical self, their business and their wealth offshore. Now, as you had asked, you know, is it A or B? Uh, yes, I am a guide, as I said, but I also do specialize in certain countries. Um, I'm a very outspoken libertarian. I really disagree with taxation and how a lot of the money is used on this. So I focus on the tax-free countries or the countries that have very low taxation. So you can think of these as the offshore countries or the what would be known as a tax haven country. There's 40, 42, 45 countries, depending on how you count. Um, we also deal with a lot of the what we call nearshore jurisdictions. So like Ireland and Cyprus that has taxation, but very low taxation. And then what that might look like. So I'm not moving people to uh, Sweden or something like that, or to Germany, which has like really, really high tax. I'm trying to get people down to a country that has lower tax. So some of the more popular ones would be Panama. I, I'm based out of Panama City, Panama, um, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Belize, uh, these countries down in Uruguay, um, Portugal, Cyprus, Ireland, um, Montenegro, some of the countries in Eastern Europe, you know, these are the countries, you know, that and the Caribbean countries, of course, uh, those are the kind of the places that I specialize in. And uh, people gravitate to me because they know this about my background. That, that is incredible, brother. And I actually have one good buddy. Uh, he moved from Florida to uh, Costa Rica. And he's having because uh, he has uh, retreats over there. So he's going to be able to help out um, through plant based medicine and have you know the counselors to be able to walk them on their journey. So that's something I'm going to do in the future. But I definitely like to learn that. And that's why I asked you that specifically, you know, on mm -hmm. um, where you kind of lean, because I found that kind of awesome, you know, when I was learning these things, and I was like, man, you know, people know, but they don't know too much. If they're there, you know, they're already looking. So appreciate you there, brother. 
last thing here, we'll touch on your podcast. You know, uh, what is one thing that you've learned throughout that process of having your podcast where now when you reflect back at it, you're like, man, I've really grown in this particular area that helped me excel in all of life. Hmm. That's an interesting one. You know, I, I will say that when I first started my podcast, I would spend an immense amount of time preparing for an interview. You know, if I had a guest who was going to come on, I would read every book they had written, every article they'd ever put out. I'd really try to understand. Now, after doing this for uh, almost seven years now, I actually sit down to do interviews with a completely blank slate with no questions drafted. And I just am... I have enough faith that the conversation will go in the direction it needs to go in and everything will just work itself out. You know, I don't get anxious. I don't get worried about it. And I mean, I've interviewed Grant Cardone and Jim Rogers and my friend, Doug Casey, and, you know, some really amazing people. Like I had Mark Faber on, I mean, he's a certifiable billionaire on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I did no preparation whatsoever and just knew that it was going to be okay because I had enough self-confidence because I've spent enough time working on myself over the last however many years that it would be okay. And I think that um, that does translate to a lot of things in my life. I'm not saying it's not important to prepare. I think that the I guess the real lesson is to do the overall preparation in who you are, opposed to cramming for one specific event, if that makes sense. You know, I worry about making myself a good person and a knowledgeable person and, and open and receptive to these types of things. And then when it comes time to step up to the plate, I'm already ready. You know, like I don't have to, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's that I don't have to do that little piece because I've done all the pre-work. No, it makes 100% sense. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example, brother. So for me, my first interview uh, was, was with one of my good friends. And what was funny on that was I had my seven questions. Uh, my OCD kicked in. So after the seven questions, I have nothing to talk about. And he's like, hey, man, you know, we can keep it like conversation. Yeah, but I really have nothing to ask you anymore. You know, so 20 minutes, mm. I'm like, okay, thank you. And he's like, I have time, you know, so it was something for me that always bugged me. But really, I love the way that you mentioned that, like, yes, we have to be able to do our time. Um, and really, the research and figure out who we are first. So when, for instance, me and you jumping on here, it's just us having a conversation, asking our questions, going down a whole entire list uh, to where we can just keep going all day, just because we take that genuine interest. We've already done a little bit of our work so we can talk about our narrative, you know, our story that we went through. Hey, this is similar to me. Oh, you know what? I like that you mentioned that because that, that didn't happen to me, you know? So we can kind of say different things. And that was something for me I had to learn as well, brother, was uh, just the kind of thought process in there in, hey, how am I going to do this? Or uh, for instance, I fangirled early on an episode and then there was somebody that was big and I was just like, okay, you know, didn't resonate with me. So it was mm -hmm. cool that I got that episode done, but I just learned that, hey, we're two different people. The way we process information is completely different. That's okay. Sometimes that does happen. Uh, yeah. Well, the other important thing to understand is even as you're going through all of this and you screw it up and you make mistakes and you suck at first, you have to understand that sucking is part of the process. Like you have to suck at something before you're ever going to get good at it. And if you worry about being good at it at the beginning, then you're never going to get started because like, it's kind of like a chicken in the egg. Like, you know, don't worry about being good about anything you do in business and finance and investing in podcasting as this example, but it really does apply to anything. It's okay. You're going to suck when you first start at it. And then as you get better, forgive yourself for, for 
sucking at the beginning, you know, and then you just keep moving forwards. Like I would like to think, um, you know, after 220, 230 episodes of the podcast, I'm a pretty good podcaster, you know, but if I look, look back and listen to my first 50 episodes, like, oh, this is terrible. This is absolutely brutal, cringeworthy, but that's okay. I know that I had to go through that to get good at this. And it was the same thing with business. You know, um, my business right now, expat money, um, it's not my first business. I had a couple of other businesses at first and they were terrible and they made no sense and I lost money and <laughs> it's good. I'm glad that I did that. I'm glad that I had that education and I'm not going to beat myself up because I lost a bunch of money on it. I mean, that was the education for me. Um, so yeah, I think that it's, you know, and it kind of circles back to your point before about forgiving yourself. Amen, brother. And I, I love that a lot because that's something I went through with my business uh, it's changed multiple times and had a business partnership that fell out. And it was something for me where I had to take pride in myself and say, Hey, you know, we can figure it out. Even though it means that right now I have to do what I don't want to do, uh, just because I need to be able to bring some money in. Cause I dove into my savings and all this shit that I sure, felt sure. like eventually I was like, Hey, I'm going to be here. Uh, got there falls apart now back to ground zero. So love that you mentioned that because it's really building up every single step of the way. And that's what I was going to ask you was, you know, how do we be able to, how do we stack those wins? You said it right there, you know, by really going through it, putting the work in, um, being able to say that, hey, it's okay to suck now because we're going to get good in the future. So I'll wrap it up with the last question here, brother. What would you say to the previous version of ourself who's looking to recalibrate their mindset? They don't know where to start. They're just trying to align themselves to their definition of success. All right. It's a challenging one. Um, I mean, all of what I just said about allowing yourself to suck, I mean, that all stands perfectly for this one. But if I were to add a couple of other things, you know, if I were to talk to a younger version of myself, or if I were to meet you 10, 15 years ago, and you were asking me for advice, um, I think that the first thing is always invest in yourself first. And I know this is cliche and other people have said it, but it's it really is true. You know, I get a lot of young guys who message me and they're like, I've saved up $5,000. What should I invest in? Like books, like go on Amazon, buy some books, you know, on a subject that you are interested in and then learn everything that you want. Um, actually, I just did a podcast episode about it um, this week where I was talking about how I read. I still read you know, in 2022, I read 90 books. On average, I usually read about 100 books. It's a little bit different in 2022 because I had a lot of projects on the go. But I'll find a topic that I'm really interested in. And I will go on Amazon and I will buy every single book I can find about that topic. So say there's, I don't know, I'll give you a real life example. Um, this year in 2023, I want to learn about um, insurance. And I want to, I'm not talking about health insurance. I'm talking about like, high value cash life insurance and using it as an asset protection vehicle and stopping from getting sued and privacy and things like this. So I'm going to go out there and I'm actually, I already have bought a dozen books on this or 15 books on this. And I'm going to read every single thing that I can find about it. I'm going to interview people about it. I'm going to watch podcast episodes about it. And I might not get through every single book. Maybe at book 10, I will go, I understand this. I have a really firm grasp of it. That's fine. That's done. And I'll move on to something else. And maybe I'll have to read every single one and I still won't get it. It's okay. You know, I, I will work through it. But I think that the first investment that you always need to make is in yourself. And what that means is making yourself more valuable in the marketplace. Anytime that you want to increase your, your, your 
your net worth, your money, you need to provide more value. And the way to provide more value is to know more, to be able to increase someone else's. So I charge a ridiculous amount of money for my consulting services. Like I won't lie. I mean, I charge a lot of money for it, but the value that I'm able to bring to other people in the marketplace is huge because no one else has these types of experience. No one else has done the work in my very small niche, you know? So I'm allowed to charge that type of money. And I have people who will willingly pay it and feel like they're getting the better end of the deal. So that would be my advice is always invest in yourself before anything else, because with your own two hands and your mind, that's going to have the biggest dividends. Nothing is going to return as much capital as what you can bring to the marketplace. Does that make sense? Boom. Uh, I think that hit it on the money. Um, definitely talking about the value we bring in why, you know, and I'm learning that as well as I started charging, you know, high ticket for the podcast or, uh, higher promotions to be able to get people on. And I'm like, Hey, I'm booked up to June. Uh, I'm not fitting anyone in. I don't just put people in my schedule anymore. I got a little one that I take care of while I run the business. Uh, so I don't just play around with my time there. You know, every single time I'm in there, I'm fully present. So it's something for me where it was like learning how to be able to put that in, whether it was the podcast promotion level, or it was even, uh, how much I charge for video editing on the business side in the coaching side if I'm helping somebody with the podcast. So I really loved how we jammed today, brother, and putting it there. Uh, where can people find you if they want to keep up with you, they want to hear more from you, hear about your podcast? Sure. So if you guys go to, uh, well, probably the easiest place is go to my website, expatmoney.com. There's links on there to uh, the newsletter. We've got, I don't know, 40 some odd thousand people on the newsletter. So lots of people reading that. We put out new blog articles most days of the week. We do monthly webinars. Uh, the podcast that we talked about a couple of times, uh, you can look it up on the podcasting app, uh, wherever you're listening to us today, it's expat money show. Um, and it's good. I mean, I'm happy to try to help out your audience and, and give some advice wherever I can. And, you know, we put out 99% of my work is free. So don't worry, you know, if you're not at that level where, you know, you can do private consulting, there's still a ton of stuff out there that we put out that helps people every single day. Like I said, 99% of it is free. It's just I work one-on-one um, -on -one with, uh, with the high net worth clients. Um, and that's at expatmoney.com. You'll find out more information there. Perfect. We'll send people your way. So thank you again, Mikael. It was an honor to have you on the show. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks so much. Sure why they act like tools can't win at the same time. Sporting just sales and scaling your business with me and mine. When the kitchen got hot, we kept it moving. With us, there's always room for improvement. You got the juice, you got to